Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Muhammad his character and beauty sallallahu alaihi wasallam This is chapter 3 now beginning chapter 3 the description of the prophet's clothing bedding and weaponry sallallahu alaihi wasallam Section 1 is the description of the prophet's clothing his shirt loincloth shawl cap and turban sallallahu alaihi wasallam Qadi Iyad radiyallahu an said in a shifa Examine the biography of our Prophet and his character in dealing with wealth. You will find that he was given the treasures of the earth and the keys to the lands. Spoils which had not been lawful for any Prophet before him were allowed to him. During his lifetime he conquered the Hijaz, the Yemen and all of the Arabian Peninsula, as well as the areas bordering Syria and Iraq. He brought a fifth of the war spoils as well as the jizya tax and zakat of which earlier kings had only obtained a fraction. He was given gifts by several foreign kings. He did not keep any of that for himself, nor did he withhold a single dirham of it. He spent it all in its proper channels, enriched others with it, and strengthened the Muslims by it. He وسلم, said, I do not feel at ease if a single gold dinar remains in my possession overnight, except for a dinar which I have set aside to pay a debt. Sometimes he was given dinars and distributed them, and perhaps six would be left over. Then he would give them to some of his wives. He would not sleep until he had distributed them all. Then he would say, Now I can rest. When he passed away, his armor was in pawn to feed his family. He didn't have anything. He borrowed some, some money or grain to feed his family from a Jew, actually and left the armor with him, and that's the way that he died, as uh, collateral. As far as his maintenance, clothing, and dwelling were concerned, he was content with the demands of necessity, and abstained from anything more than that. He would wear whatever clothing was available. Generally, he would wear a cloak, a coarse garment, or a thick outer garment. He would distribute outer garments made of brocade and embroidered with, embroidered with gold to those who were there, and sent them to people who were not there. So if he came in, he would wear humble stuff. If he got gifts or received things that were more lavish or extravagant, he would give them away. That is because with the people of Allah, pride and dress and adornment is not one of the qualities of nobility and honor. It is one of the qualities of those who do not care for such things and care for the things of this world. The garments which are most praised are those which are clean and of medium quality. Garments that are clean and of medium quality. Wearing clothes of this kind does not detract from one's honor and dignity. Uh, beauty is of different types. There is a beauty that is praiseworthy and that is that's for the sake of Allah and which helps one to obey Allah and carry out the commands. This is what we would see from the way of the Prophet ﷺ. He would beautify himself before receiving delegations or he would wear certain things to go into battle. The beauty that's bad is the beauty that's worldly, that's just to seek authority, that's for boasting, that's for vainglory, that's um, just useless worldly things that have to do with arrogance, basically. And then there's in between. It is narrated that Ibn Omar said, um, in a raised tradition, Verily it is from the nobility of a believer in the sight of Allah that his garment be clean and that he be satisfied with what is minimal. So this is basically the sunnah when it comes to clothes. Wear something that's decent, wear something that's appropriate, wear something that's clean, 
and be satisfied with what is minimal. Minimize the clothes. We don't need a bunch of stuff. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't like when people's clothes were dirty. One time he saw someone whose clothes were dirty and he said, Could this man not find something with which to clean his garment? Just to say that he should clean up. He doesn't have to do it that way. The most beloved article of clothing to the Messenger of Allah ﷺ was the shirt, the qamis. And uh, it's a name for the woven garment, garment with sleeves and a pocket which is worn underneath regular clothes. So it's like a tunic. That you wear under your clothes. His his the sleeve of his shirt, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, would reach his wrist. So he would wear long sleeve garments. And the most beloved of garments to the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was the hibra, which was an ornate and beautiful Yemeni mantle. So the mantle is like a a overcloak that he would wear. He owned two green mantles, one with greenish colored stripes, and he liked green clothing, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, one of the companions says, I saw the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and he was wearing two unstitched garments. Meaning that he was wearing humble clothes, essentially. And again, that clothes would reach his lit, his wrist. And he would usually, he would often wear an outer garment on top of his undergarments. Uh, it is related that Asma bint Abi Bakr once took out a printed Persian cloak that had a hem of brocade along the pockets and a split from the front and the back bordered with brocade. She said, this is the cloak of the Messenger of Allah It was with Aisha and when she passed away, I took possession of it. The Prophet used to wear this and now we wash it for the sick and seek a cure from it. And this is narrated in Muslim. Again, the idea of the companions holding close the garments and the items of the Prophet ﷺ and accepting and recognizing and realizing that there's barakah in them. And this is Asma, the daughter of Abu Bakr. This is not a lightweight person. She's the daughter of Abu Bakr anha. She's the mother of Abdullah ibn Zubair an. She's the wife of a Zubair ibn Awam from the Ten Promised Paradise. And so, you know, this is very clear. The Prophet owned a patched over garment and would say, I am but a servant, I dress as a servant dresses. There's nothing wrong with patching clothes. SubhanAllah, I remember when I was a kid, we used to actually do this. We used to, you know, my mom, she wouldn't just buy new clothes because you got a small hole in it. We'd patch it up. And uh, rather now we're stuck with this planned obsolescence and overconsumption. Everyone should watch the story of stuff online. You can watch the video and understand how these things play out. He would sometimes, sallallahu alayhi wa wrap himself in his shawl, and sometimes he would leave it hanging, and this was called the taylasan, according to the custom, when you wrap kind of like the shawl around your head and your neck and your turban. And he had a sheet that was dyed with saffron that would accompany him wherever he went. When he would visit his wives, he would take this sheet with him, and he would sleep on it, he would sit on it, he would, he would use it for multiple purposes. It's reported that Uthman ibn Affan would wear his loincloth at the mid-shin level and he would say this is how the loincloth of the Prophet was. They would wear it at the shin. There's narrations that the Prophet says that one's clothing for men should be above their ankle and that anything below the ankle is in the fire. There's other narrations that seem to indicate that that is conditioned upon one wearing their clothes below their ankles out of arrogance. But if it was done not out of arrogance, 
then it wouldn't have the same punishment or threat related to it. And there's different opinions on that. The Prophet ﷺ had a mantle that he would wear on the two Eids and on Friday. And he ﷺ would wear a red mantle every Eid. So the point there is that he would wear special clothes on Eid. And he would wear special clothes on Jummah. And on the day of Eid, the companions عنهم, would dress their sons in the finest clothes they could find as well as dyed garments. So they would wear nice things on nice occasions. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's a new thing. You know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a new thing, but they would wear nice things. And when a delegation would come to see the Prophet them, he would wear his best garments and instruct his companions to do the same. So he would dress up for the people, the delegations that would come from different places to accept Islam or to inquire about Islam or to make treaties with the Prophet them. These are diplomatic issues. He would make sure that he dressed accordingly and appropriately and encourage and tell the companions to do the same. The Prophet ﷺ also encouraged people to wear white. He used to say, wear white clothing, let your living wear them and use them to shroud your dead, for indeed white is the best of your clothing. He would also wear a white hat, kind of like a turban or a topi, what's called a turban or a topi today. Sometimes he would wear it by itself, sometimes he would wear a turban with it, sometimes he would wear the turban without it, sometimes he would take his topi or his hat and use it as a sutra or as a barrier during prayer to, to block off the front of where he's praying. And when he would tie his turban he, turban, he would let the tail hang between his shoulders, and sometimes he would tuck it up, tuck it in, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet ﷺ had a turban named Sahab, which means clouds. And he gifted it to Ali radiallahu anhu. And sometimes when Ali would come out wearing it, the Prophet ﷺ would say, Ali has come to you from among the clouds. Which was beautiful, the way that he would engage with them. And it's also said that the Prophet ﷺ would not appoint a leader until he tied a turban around the man's head and hung its tail on his right side near his ear. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he's appointing a leader, he would specifically take the turban and put it on the person's head and tie it on their head. And this was a symbol and an indication that he had been chosen as a leader by the Prophet ﷺ. And it's also narrated that the Prophet ﷺ wore a black turban on the day of the conquest of Mecca. So what are the major points? Major points is that the Prophet ﷺ would not give, pay too much attention to his clothes, but he would wear decent and appropriate clothes. He didn't pay attention to it, but he would also show respect for it. So it wasn't like a neglectful, it wasn't out of neglect, it was just out of not having concern for these things. How do we know he respected his clothes still? Because he would name it. He had a name for the turban, he had names for different things, which shows that he respected the item without being attached to it. Dress is a sign to the people that we engage with. And it tells people something about ourselves, and it tells ourselves something about ourselves. So it's important that we dress decently, and we dress nicely, and we dress in a way that is respectful, and in a way that inspires honor in people. And so to follow the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ here is very, very important. One of the qualities of the clothes of the Muslims historically has been that the Muslims wear clothes that are elegant to pray in, that we are a people of prayer, and so our clothes should be reflective of that and they should be items that are uh, elegant to pray in and they should be appropriate for the various occasions 
that we are going into. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.